Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for being here. If it's your, uh, if you're new around here, my name is Caleb, and I'm part of the leadership team um, here at the church. And we are glad that you're here, whether it's your first time or your you know, like thousandth time or whatever it might be. And thank you for joining us online as well, all you guys uh, hanging out at home. So um, so this morning, well, you know, we had a little bit of a world tour here already. Uh, we're in South America and then uh, talking about Africa and all that. So, um, so we're going we're gonna to turn our attention to the Middle East, where we've been uh, with the book of Daniel um, for uh, really, I guess it's been 10 weeks. This is our 11th week. Uh, we are going to talk about the last two chapters of Daniel today, and uh, so it's been, it's been quite a journey going through Daniel, and um, yeah, we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning as we go on. So I guess I was, I was wondering, like, how many of you can remember a time when you got an assignment that you just, like, had no idea what to do with? Anybody, anybody remember a time when that happened, right? Um, some of you guys are in school now, and you're like, yeah, I have one of those now. So, um, you know, so I, I can remember back when I was uh, a young engineer right out of school, and, uh, and I started working for this, uh, this company um, that designs uh, buildings and manufacturing facilities, and had this, had this great boss. I mean, he was just, he was just a great guy, um, so, so, so hands-on, so welcoming, and, um, and he would bring me into his office, and he would start, like, explaining things, you know, like, this is how I was an electrical engineer, and he was, he'd start like explaining, okay, this is what we're doing, blah blah blah, and he'd go on and on, and I can just remember like never knowing what he was talking about at all, right? Like, <laughs> like so here I am, like you know, I've I've obtained a four-year degree from a supposedly reputable institution, and I'm like sitting in his office, and I'm like I don't know what this. So he would she'd show me. I went and dug up like a picture here. Oh, I totally forgot to make an announcement. The whole, the whole David thing threw me off. I'm going to do that at the end. Okay. Uh, like, we, I'd get like a diagram like this, okay? And he'd be like talking me through this, and he's like, okay, I need like, I need like 30 of these for our facility by the, end of, and by the end of the week or something. And I was like, I was too scared, you know, to admit, like I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> so, so I'd just be like, okay, yeah, I know that. And I'd just like, you know, wander away and like, okay, we'll figure it out. I don't know. I don't really know what I did. I don't know how I didn't get fired. Um, you know, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, I guess. Um, we can explain it that way. <laughs> and I was thinking about that uh, for, for this morning, really, when I was preparing for this teaching, because that's a lot, kind of how I felt, you know? I was looking at, uh, you know, Daniel, really, really chapters 10 to 12 are like one unit. And, um, and even from like early on when we were looking at the series, we we're like, I, I don't know, I was like, what are we going to do with this exactly, you know? And, and, and we even like kind of tried to figure out, like, where are we going to make the split? I mean, we think this is two weeks, but I'm not really even sure where to cut it off. And I think actually we, last week David did all of chapter 10, but I think we actually should have gone to verse 1 in chapter 11. We didn't do that, so we kind of screwed that up. But like, like, you know, we were just like back and forth trying to figure out, like, what are we going to do with this? And, um, and so that, I don't know, that was just the feeling that I had with this teaching. And that's not normal. Um, and of course, the irony is that uh, I didn't, um, somebody else did not assign this to me, or at least not another human um, I, I pretty much decided that uh, from, from pretty early on, I was like, I feel, 
feel like God actually wants me to do this teaching. So, so there's no one to blame uh, but me uh, for making an assignment that I was, you know, all turned around about. But, um, but part, you know, part of it is because these, these two chapters, and particularly 11, there's like a lot that goes on in these, uh, in these verses, like a lot. There's stuff happening. We're going we're gonna to just get a little glimpse of that this morning. Um, and it's just like, man, what is, what's going on? What, what, are, you, what are you wanting to, us to hear from this, God? And so I was just asking that a lot, you know. Um, and, and as I was kind of wrestling with him on that over time, um, I felt him actually ask me a question. And that was, well, what is it that you're doing on Sunday mornings? And I was like, well, what do you mean? What do it? Sunday, I go, we go to church on Sunday mornings. Like, what do you mean? What, what are we doing? He's like, no, what, do you, what is it that you're doing on Sunday mornings? Like, when you get up to teach, or David, or, you know, or Bill, or Kitty, or any, any of the, uh, the, I mean, we're so blessed in this church to have so many people who uh, can come and bring us God's word on Sundays. Like, wh- what is it that you guys are doing when you come up here on Sunday mornings to teach? What, what are you doing? Um, and when you come in, right, like for, so when we're sitting in, in, the, in the chairs here, like when you come in, like what is it that you're doing when you, when you sit there and you receive? Like what, what are you doing? Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a good question. I was like, well, I mean, I think, I think it's really kind of goes down to the mission of our church, right? Moving every person towards Jesus. Right? We talk about that a lot. That's, that's what we do, right? We are, that's what we're trying to do, move every person towards Jesus, to, to orient ourselves towards Jesus and to, and to hopefully take some steps in his direction. We, that's what we want to do on Sunday mornings, and we do that through our, uh, our four ministry essentials, as we always say, that we're bringing God's love, right? Like, that's why we, we so value relationships. We so value welcoming people in and, and being able to build stronger and stronger relationships with each other, and, um, and that's why we bring God's presence, and we engage in worship, and we just sit and soak in his presence, and, and we love God's power. That's why we pray for people, and we expect God to show up in different ways, and, and then we love to bring God's truth, right, which happens in a lot of different components, but certainly one of the main ones is from up here, but um, that is a way to bring, uh, bring people, bring all of us towards Jesus. Now, the thing about that is truth like, there's a lot of, there's a, all truth is God's truth, okay? But there's a lot of truth out there that doesn't necessarily bring you towards Jesus. Am, am I right about that, right? There's a lot of truth. So, so a lot of you, like, again, if you're in school, you know this. It's like there's a lot of things that you're, that you're learning, which are good things and are true and are maybe even important for a lot of things, but, but don't exactly necessarily tie directly to, you know, bringing you towards, towards Jesus, right? Um, and a lot of times there's even God's truth. A lot of even time, sometimes in, in the scripture and the things we look at, there's, there's times when, again, it's all God's truth, but it doesn't necessarily play the role of actually bringing us closer to Jesus, at least maybe not in that exact time and space. And so, so when I was thinking and praying about, look, what is it that we're supposed to get out of chapters 11 and 12? Because we could go any of like 100 different directions in chapters 11 and 12 here. It's really like, okay, well, God, what have you been doing? You know, what has been happening that, that you've been telling us that will lead us closer to Jesus? And then it became pretty simple. We've, had, we've been talking about three different, uh, three different themes, or I'm going to call them takeaways this morning, right, um, from the book of Daniel. 
And so we're just going to go back over those three things kind of in the lens of chapters 11 and 12. And um, yeah, and I think we're going to be able to see, hopefully see Jesus and maybe lock some things in for our lives um, that will really help us as we, as we move forward, um, especially in this in the season and this time of day, okay? So is that right? Um, so primary takeaways from Daniel. So the first one that we've been talking about is this, that kings and kingdoms come and go, but God is eternal, and his plan is unstoppable, okay? Kings and kingdoms come and go. So I'm just take that real quick in two parts. Um, so we have seen this, right? We've seen kings and kingdoms come and go throughout the book of Daniel. Um, we, we had four chapters originally with, uh, with King Neb, right? Our buddy King Neb. And then we had uh, uh, Belshazzar. Um, and then, oh, you know what? There we go. I forgot about that. Okay, so, you know, King Neb, Nebuchadnezzar here. We, we, I, I, uh, I threw that up there last time I was teaching. Um, we had Nebuchadnezzar. We had Belshazzar. Uh, we saw Darius, another king, in chapter 6, I think. And then in chapter 10 here, we've seen Cyrus. So we've already had all these kings. And then there are all these kings in between that don't really get mentioned in Scripture directly, but, but that Daniel lived through when he was in Babylon and for, for all these years. He went there when he was 15, and, and then we're talking about now he's like in his 80s, right? So there's all these, all these kingdom, kingdoms have come and gone, and, and nowhere do we see that actually more clearly than in chapter 11, okay? So in chapter 11, what happens is that we start to get this description. So in chapter 10 that David had talked to us about, there's this interaction, that, uh, this vision that uh, Daniel has with this angelic being, and he starts to talk to him about things, which starts here in chapter 11, verse 2. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a glimpse of this, okay? I'm not going to read through the whole chapter, but this is just a little bit of a glimpse, okay? So he says, this, this angel tells Daniel, he says, Now I will show you the truth. Behold, three more kings shall arise in Persia, and a fourth shall be richer than all of them. And when he has become strong enough, uh, strong through his riches, he shall stir up all against the kingdom of Greece, and then a mighty king will arise who shall rule with great dominion and do as he wills. And as soon as he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided towards four winds of heaven, but not to his posterity nor to the authority with whom he ruled, for his kingdom shall be plucked up and go to others besides these. Okay, so already there's like, there's this king and then this other guy's attacking and then he's going to get split up into these four kingdoms. And then it continues. It says the king's of the south shall be strong, but one of his princes shall be stronger, and then he shall rule, and his authority shall be a great authority. And after some years they shall make an alliance, and the daughter of the king of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement, but she shall not retain the strength of her arm, and he and his arm shall not endure, but she shall be given up, and her attendants, he who fathered her, and he, supported, he who supported her in all those times. Whew, okay, so are you tired already? I'm tired. All right, this is like... This is like this one after the another, almost like this is like a soap opera description in this part here, right? Who's marrying who and for what reasons and all that. But it's like one kingdom and one king after the next, and they're attacking each other, and there's all these things, and, and, and it goes on like this, okay? This is like, what is this, verse uh, 6, okay? There's, this goes on until verse 45 in chapter 11. It's just this angel continuing to describe and to tell uh, Daniel, and, and ultimately all of us, like, oh, here's all these things that are happening. 
kings and kingdoms come and go, right? This is, this is really, really evident. Um, but, like we were saying, oh, so okay, there's more. I'm not even going to read that. I don't think I have time. <laughs> but God is eternal, right? But God is eternal, and his plan is unstoppable, right? And so this is this part about God's plan being unstoppable. This is really, this is really the key. This is really the critical aspect of this, right? Oh, the world is constantly changing. We know this. But God and what he was wanting to do is unstoppable. And he says it actually in, uh, in Daniel 12.1, one of the things that he says, and we'll cover it again in a minute, but at that time your people shall be delivered. What is God's plan, right? God has a plan, one, one plan, and his plan is for, however you want to say it, our deliverance, our redemption, uh, for the kingdom to come in a way that restores things um, to the way that they should be. Uh, however you want to say it, that God has a plan. He's going in that direction. And nothing that happens on earth, okay, hear me on this, nothing that happens on earth, I know you can hear this in church and just let it go by, okay, but nothing that happens on earth is going to stop what his plan is, okay? He already, he already knows it. And so, you know, what are we, what are we to do with that? Um, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, like I said, we kind of already had this, had this world tour here. We talked about South America and uh, Africa. And then uh, this week, uh, we actually got an email in from, uh, we, we've mentioned them before. There's, there's a pastor couple um, who are in Moldova, which is right next to Ukraine. And, um, and we've been interacting with them. We've, David's had, Dave and Debbie have had a long history with them. And we've been interacting with them in this time since the war started. And um, and lots of cool things have happened, but, uh, which I won't get into, but they sent us this email this week, and I felt like I should just read a little bit of it, because it's kind of remarkable, um, and illustrates this point. And so they got to go to a conference, a vineyard conference there, um, recently, and they ran into a, uh, they ran into some people who are suffering greatly, and um, really the whole conference was really about how to go through trauma and how to go through these um, incredibly difficult times in war and still be able to, um, and still be able to follow God and, and know how to deal with that, right? And so, uh, so they wrote us about this one particular uh, couple that they, or one particular church that they uh, were part of, and, and basically what they say, what he says is that um, this one church in this large city um, was thriving. It was doing great. They, he said they had 165 uh, different small groups going on in the city in Ukraine, and they were doing tons of great ministry. And, um, and when the invasion happened, uh, they were, you know, watching things. They weren't sure what was going to happen. And then sometime in March, the Russian army comes to them and says... Uh, I think the words are, you, should, you, you must either go on video and declare your support for the Russian army, or you're going to lose everything. And they had three hours to decide, okay? They had three hours to decide whether they, what they were going to do. And so, uh, Paul and Galena shared, it's like, they, they were in this situation, right? They were in this incredible turmoil, which, you know, I don't know about you, but like, like, that's not that far away, <laughs> right? Sometimes we hear about things happening in the world and it feels like, oh, that could, you know, that's so far away. This is, this is Europe, right? 
it's not that far away, and there are churches that are just like ours, and they come across this situation. And, and, and so, you know, of course, what, uh, what they do is they, they say, no, we're not going to do that. And they're, all these people in this church, they lost everything. They lost, they lost their businesses. They lost their homes. They had to scatter all over the place. Um, but what he says about that is that they continue <laughs> to remain faithful, and they continue to expect God to move even in the middle of all that, right? So there's this recognition, they have this recognition that, man, God is, God's, God's plans are unstoppable, even though there's crazy things happening in the world. And part of what needs to happen there is, you know, Daniel 12, 12 says, blessed is he who waits. That there's this aspect of um, knowing, when you know that God's plans are unstoppable, that you can then know that, uh, that if you wait, right, you will see the things that he wants to do, okay? All right, let's keep going here. Second thing we said is that God is not unclear, confused, or uncertain about anything, past, present, or future, okay, right? We are, we are very un- confused at times, you know? You might be confused about this passage even, right? We, we are confused, we are uncertain, certainly, about so many things. Um, but God is not. God knows about all the conflicts that are going on in the world, right? He knows about the conflicts that are going on in your life and in my life, right? He knows about those things. He knows about the war, the wars that are occurring, um, you know, in the world and in our own souls. He's not surprised by those things. He's not surprised by those things. He's not uncertain or unclear. And, and you know, chapter 11 here, um, especially talking about the, the present and the future, it illustrates it so incredibly well. Um, so chapter 11, we kind of started digging into that. If you, if you kind of follow the whole thing, this angel lays out like about 350 plus years of history, okay, before it happened. He lays out all this history about what's going to happen in relationship to God's people in that time. And he, he just shows it like, this is, this is what's going to happen. And it's incredible. Actually, Chapter 11 in Daniel is almost singularly unique. I think David had mentioned there's, there's 25% of the Bible that is uh, dedicated to prophecy, okay? But even amongst all that prophecy, chapter 11 is unique in, in sort of its breadth, you know, how, how wide-ranging it covers, and then also its depth, how specific it gets in all these detailed prophecies. And what's, incredible, what's so incredible about that is actually people have, have really come to faith, Right? People who, who didn't believe in God and didn't believe in the Bible have, have looked at chapter 11 and compared it up to history and have actually come to saving faith, saying, you know what, that is, all of that is impossible to have known unless this was actually from God. God like, that is, that if, you're, if you're someone who kind of thinks in that way, right, not, not everybody is, but if you're someone who thinks in that way, like, man, can I trust the Bible and what's in the Bible? Like, this is one of those places where you can clearly see wow, if this was written when, when, you know, Daniel says that it's written and we believe that that is the case, there's good evidence for that as well. This must be God. This must be God talking. This must be God uh, knowing the future. And, and what's awesome about that is that, you know, one of the things we've talked about in prophecy is, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep rolling here, that, that God gives us prophecy and that they're not predictions, Okay. This is, this, is, this is something that I felt like he wanted to make really clear. Prophecy is not the same thing as prediction. 
Okay, we as humans, we make predictions all the time, right? We are constantly making predictions. I was thinking about, uh, you guys, anyone, anyone remember the movie Back to the Future? Okay, some of you do not because it's too old. Okay, so, <laughs> so in Back to the Future, uh, Back to the Future 2, in fact, to be specific, um, they make all sorts of predictions, okay, about what the year 2015 would look like, okay? So we're seven years past that. I think it's in October. It was like Back to the Future 2 day. Maybe you remember this on social media. Um, and uh, the track record on that prediction that came from the 1980s uh, was pretty far off. It was pretty far off. Um, you know, I think, I mean, there's a lot of things, but I think mainly we could look at the, uh, the, the flying cars, right, the Star Wars style type flying cars, you know, that are going all over the place. And like, like we are not close to that at all, <laughs> right? Like the most we have is like helicopters that we're trying to make like smaller and smaller, but they're still helicopters. And it's really unclear to me whether it's a good idea to make really small helicopters. I don't know. But, but we do not have hovering cars. We don't have hoverboards. We don't have jackets that cool themselves or anything like this. So, um, all these predictions, right? We're, that's what we do as humans. And we, we predict the weather, which, you know, that, that, you know how that goes, right? We, we model things. In my job, I do a lot of, of forecasting, okay? I forecast what, what is going to happen to my company's earnings over time. I'm, I'm in finance. And, like, man, I'll tell you, we're wrong. 100% of the time, basically, right? <laughs> Don't tell my boss. But, uh, but so we make predictions, but God gives us prophetic, right? And what, what's different about that is not only is it not wrong, okay, that's obvious, but not only is it not wrong, he says it in this way that's like totally different than how, even if we sort of knew the future, how we would say it, right? Um, let's see if we can, let's see if we can make this point. I'm going to go back. I'm a little out of order here. Let's just take this, this little chunk, for example, okay? Um, the angel saying at the time of the end, okay? So this is, this is definitely still a forward-looking prophecy. We think there's different interpretations, but, uh, but it says the king of the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush, rush upon him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and with many ships. And he shall come into countries and shall overflow and pass through. And shall come into the glorious land and tens of thousands shall fall. But these shall be delivered out of his hand, Edom and Moab and the main parts of the Ammonites. And then in verse 45, and he shall pitch his palatial tents between the sea and glorious holy mountain. And yet he shall come to his end with no one to help him, right? So, so just again, obviously just tons of detail, right? Lots and lots of specific things that they're saying. But the thing that you see in here, what's the, what's the most repeated word in that passage, and in really all this, all this uh, scripture here. Shall. It's the word shall. Yeah, thanks, Brian. It's shall. Like, it's like, this is, this is what's going to happen. It's like, we're, we're reading from this, from this timeline, um, you know, much more like, I got, you know, some imperfect metaphor, but much more like, you know, the news reporter that's sitting in the middle of, of something, you're like watching events unfold, right? Much more like that than like the weatherman, obviously, right? Like this is this is like this the sense you get if you if you read through the whole past the whole chapter and I would encourage you to do that on your own. It's like it's like he's just trying to sort of give Daniel this little summary and sort of grasp at these angles and these aspects of um, of what is going to happen and it and it's and it's like his timeline is not like ours. <laughs> it's it's like it's not even exactly linear and 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 it's confusing. We don't we don't exactly know. Uh, it's hard to describe how God sees time. Um, 
completely, but like we know from Scripture that, you know, for example, a thousand years with God is, is, uh, is like a day, right? Um, but there's something different about God's timeline. There's something different about how in the spiritual realm how we see things going from one place to another. And you kind of get a sense for that here in, in Daniel 11 here that he shall, right? All these things shall happen. And so God gives us prophecy, not predictions, so that we can trust him, right? So that even though we might not be able to see all that, and, and I guarantee you, after the angel downloaded all this stuff to Daniel, Daniel didn't walk out of there being like, oh, well, that, I understand all that now. Yeah, I know exactly what to expect now in the future, right? You know, I'm going to go place some bets on the king of the north, you know, in, you know, BC 530 or something. You know, like, no, no, that wasn't what it was for, right? Um, it was so that we could, tr- so that Daniel could understand more and so that we could understand more. Man, no, God, God knows. You don't know, but he knows. And so we can trust him with that. And, and, and really, this morning, as we think about the future, right, we're going to land on the future here just in a few minutes. We're going to think about what the future is, okay? And, and what it is that God is, is going to bring to pass. And we're going, to, we're going to try to think, like, do we trust him for that? Do we trust him for that? And, and, and hopefully in, in the course of looking at Scripture, we get to more and more of a place where we can say that, yeah, yeah, we can, right? So, one more. Everyone, number three, everyone must choose which king to serve. But we are designed to live under the one true king and kingdom. There's only one true king, okay? That's that's the title of the series, the king. There's all these other kings, they're not the king. There's all these other governments in the world today. There's our culture, right? We don't really think about governments as being kings necessarily, but there's there's all these different cultures that we live under. They're They're not the king. They're not the kingdom. They're not the true kingdom. We, we want to live, we're designed to live under the one true king. In fact, our, our job, <laughs> our only job, is to live, is to choose to live under the one true king and kingdom. And what I would say about that, uh, that kingdom, for this morning in particular, right, is that it is a future kingdom. And if, that's, if that kind of language is a little new to you, um, I'll try to briefly explain. But, you know, in the, in, in the vineyard in particular, our theology says that when Jesus came back, right, and he died on the cross and he rose from the grave, what, what happened is that, that the future reign, the future rule and reign of God, uh, when all things are made right, this plan that we're talking about that's unstoppable, when, when that comes to fruition in the future, okay, that, that that whole thing that happens, that we are all longing for, that it actually started to break into the present, especially with Jesus coming in, okay? It's, it's, it's like there's this future kingdom that sort of like hangs over us, that is, it's, it's almost like bursting, right? It's like, it's like full and it's, it's ready to sort of just, it feels random sometimes, right? But God also knows what he's doing there. But it feels like it's going to come down into our present space and that that's something that can happen. And so, so we, we don't just look forward. We don't just wait for God to bring all things to, um, to the wonderful and amazing conclusion that he's going to bring them to. We also, we also uh, say that today that God's kingdom can come 
that heaven can come down to earth, however, however you want to say that. So we're people that believe that. We're, we're people that believe that the future can break into the present, okay? And so, so part of why that's awesome is that we, we can choose to live in that reality too, right? We can choose to live in the reality that God's kingdom can break into, into the present. And so, um, so there's, in chapter 12, there's, there's more illustration of this. There's, uh, there's uh, a, lot of, a lot of information that's about what the end will be like, like kind of leading up to the end, okay? And, and it becomes very clear in verses, like if you look in, uh, uh, in verse 1 here, but at that time your people shall be delivered, and everyone whose name shall be found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. There's a choice to be made, right? The Bible is very clear on this, and that there's, there's really not an in-between. Um, there, there are people who are going to uh, know that God is their king, and they will have lived their lives in that way, and then there's people who, who will not have. And there's going to be a difference between those two things, right? Everlasting life or to shame and everlasting contempt. There's a choice to be made. You know, and if you're here this morning and you're like, I don't even know what that means. What is that? What are we talking about here? Or, or maybe you've been thinking about this, this question of like, who's God and, and, and what's my relationship to him and what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I would just, I would just implore you, man, you've got to figure this out. You know, there is a choice to be made. We need to figure this out. Where, where do we stand with God? Um, and so Daniel 12 shows us that, and um, he goes on and uh, talks to Daniel about how to treat this and kind of what, what he's going to get out of it. And then, uh, and then he says this, what, what we pointed out before, is blessed is he who waits. And there's, there's, there's all these numbers in here, and there's lots of, there's lots of talk about what the numbers mean. And I, again, I don't, this, is all, this is all good stuff, and you, you may be able to study that and actually be moved closer to Jesus. I think that is more than possible. Um, but I want us to understand from this passage, again, that there is going to be an end, right? That there is going to be an end, and that God has, uh, has plans for that, and that there's, there's a choice to be made, right? And so, so this morning, um, what I want to do is to think about that end a little bit. Okay? This is how we're going to wrap up our time together. Um, we've been doing, uh, I don't know, I feel like in a lot of facets in the church here, we've been, we've been trying to, what's the word? I don't want to say up our game. That's, that's, not, the right, that's not the right phrase. Um, we, God, God has just been impressing on us more that we need to be uh, sitting in spiritual practices we need to be meditating. We need to be thinking about uh, you know, using tools and methods to help us to be able to really enter into his presence and to soak in his truth. Um, so so we just, that's just been happening a lot in, uh, in different parts of the church. And so, um, so this morning, here's what I want to do to help us to live in this future kingdom. Okay? Um, we're going to do a, a, a little meditation here. And what's going to happen is I'm going to read... Um, I'll, there's going to be seven phrases, and I could have, there could have been 50, but these are just the ones I picked. Um, it's going to start with, in the end, okay? So we're going to say, in the end, and then I'm going to read these phrases, okay? And then I'm going to end each phrase by saying, let it be so today. So we're going to think about, okay, God, in, the, in this future kingdom, this is what it's going to be like, okay, from Scripture. You'll recognize it. If you know your Bible, you'll recognize all these things. 
but then we're going to say, let it be today, right? We're going to say, we welcome that in-breaking today, okay? So here's what they are. I'll just run through them real quick so you know what they are in advance. That we will be your people, and you will dwell with us. That you will satisfy our holy longing and our righteous thirst. You will heal and transform my body into a glorified one, right? Whatever the pain, many of you are dealing with significant pain for a long time. In the end, God will heal and transform your body, right? You will prepare an eternal home and a country to which I truly belong. I could say a lot about a lot, all of these things. Uh, I'm going to not for, for fear of losing composure myself here. So, but um, there will be no more pain or death, and you will wipe every tear. And every nation, tribe, language, and people will worship you. And this is, this is something that God's been talking to me a lot about uh, here recently and, um, and something that we've just been talking about this morning, right? All over the world that God is bringing people to himself. And finally, that you will make all things new, okay? Let it be so today, okay? So, so I, think, I think I'm actually going to get the worship team, if you guys are around. I don't know if they're around. Are they around yet? Worship team, why don't you guys come on up? I want, I want you to get set up so you can kind of participate also and, um, and be able to kind of soak in this as well, okay? And so, again, we're just going to take, we're going to take a few moments and I'm going to read the phrase. You clo- you're going to close your eyes. That'll be your job. And when I read the phrase, I'm going to pause, okay? And I'm going to let you kind of just sit in that, and, and, and you could do a number of things. You could maybe think about a way in which that's, uh, in, in which maybe you long for that, or, or you, don't, you don't feel like that's happening right now, all right? Um, maybe you don't feel like this is the first one that that you will be, uh, that we will be your people and that you will dwell with it. Maybe you feel far from God right now. You don't feel like he's dwelling with you. So, so you could just let that enter in, into your mind when we read that. Um, or it could just be a longing, or, or you, can just, you can just sit in silence, whatever, whatever, whatever you feel like, uh, whatever God brings to mind there. But I'll give it a second, okay? It's going to be quiet, just to warn you. It's going to be quiet for a minute. And then I'll say, let it be so today, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so go ahead and close your eyes. And so, God, we just invite you into this space. Let our hearts and our minds be moved towards you. We know that in the end, we will be your people, and you will dwell with us. Let it be so today. And in the end, you will satisfy our holy longing and our righteous thirst.
and let it be so today. You will heal, in the end, you will heal and transform my body into a glorified one. Let it be so today. And in the end, you will prepare an eternal home and a country to which I truly belong. Let it be so today. And in the end, there will be no more pain or death, and you will wipe away every tear. And let it be so today. And in the end, every nation, tribe, language, and people will worship you. Let it be so today. And finally, in the end, you will make all things new. And let's say it together, let it be so today.